Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with one <laughs> lady between us and Hawkatab. I did not have manticores on my bingo card, that's I, for sure. Uh, yep. Are you telling that's... me that you wouldn't do that if that was an option? No. I would do mm. that, but not in the name of some dude. Yeah, not in the <laughs> yeah, name of Yeah, that's dude. fair. Definitely not. But like but like if like some genie was like, here, take this, I wouldn't say no. I would. Manticores are weird. They creep They're me so out. weird. That's what makes them great. But if they're like docile and friendly to you, they're Can just I like. Can I have you know. a chariot pulled by Norwegian forest cats instead? That would and also that be cool. pretty cool. Are they large Freya. size or just normal, like Norwegian forest cat sized? Well, according to Norse mythology, they're just normal Norwegian cat forest size because that's what pulls Freya's chariot in they're the biggie. battle. They're biggie cats. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, however, this is not our Norse mythology podcast. This is the Mummy's Mask podcast, where we yes. continue the exploits of our doorkeepers. Manticores aren't from Egyptian mythology either. They should be pulled by, like, sphinxes. It's Greek. That's close enough. I mean, it's at least in the same region. <laughs> I didn't put up with these complaints when I threw a Medusa at you. I'm not going to put up with them now. <laughs> <laughs> they shared a lot I, of stuff. I'm pretty sure that I had a whole argument with you about... The fact that the, it should be... The fact be... that there's an entire species as opposed to a single yes, Medusa. Yes, because... A Gorgon it, is what she should have been, but Gorgons but are both. Gorgons goals. are a different thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I know, and that's what bothered me. This <laughs> <laughs> yep. is not our mythology podcast of any sort. It's true. Patreon stretch goal. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we have some shared memories on mythology. That's true. So I suppose jumping back in, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat, now deep, deep, deep inside of the inner sanctum had fought against the four wise witches as well as the what they eventually learned was the bone powder ghoul uh Kempathus. Cool. yep you still have a little like Kempathus in your eye <laughs> a long battle had followed um honestly Kempathus wasn't really there for a whole lot of it he uh, he got his couple of <laughs> it's because we prioritized getting him in the ground first he's scared i really wish he had just flat out run away that would have like <laughs> made it would have been hilarious <laughs> if he ran away <laughs> but then we would have had to chase this like ghoul thing and that because that's just gonna eat people that's fine. I just think it would have been <laughs> <That's> freaking <fine. laughs> hilarious. I think the chasing him Heather is fine, says not that's the fine. Masika would have been upset if Masika it was chewing on people. spells that can find him. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I was just like, that would have been amazing. <laughs> you know? But uh, instead, you had uh, you had defeated Kempathus and eventually defeated the four wise witches. Uh, having already retrieved from Kempathus's tomb, the scarab that was necessary to uh, the scarab bracer that was necessary to bypass the redstone leading you deeper you had followed this into a, uh, a massive chamber where uh, we'd uh, left off with you guys about to get into a fight with a chariot pulled by a pair of manticores with a uh, awesomely armored woman uh, full armor headdress mask the whole thing she looks so uh, cool Riding in the back of the chariot with a, uh, a bow in hand, crackling with electricity as she pulls her arrow back. Yeah, I suppose for this, the second episode in a row, <laughs> let's go ahead and just get a roll for initiative from the party, shall we? Alrighty. Oh, hey, Masika's ready. Oh, pretty okay. I am not pretty ready. Okay. Cue up a little sirenscape. Sirenscape. Ready your horses. I don't <laughs> have a horse. I have camels, but they're not here. Quick Hollis, Phantom uh, Chariot. Oh, uh, we can have, have our a, own you can chariot. Have a chariot fight. 
Yeah, we could have a chariot fight. <laughs> I don't have that prepared. Right yeah, I figured you didn't have it prepared because who would have thought we were fighting a flying chariot inside of this place? Yeah. Uh, that was your lack of uh, imagination. Uh, clearly, clearly. <laughs> All right, two's ready. Fortunately, two didn't have time to uh, enlarge before coming into this room. He can still. But do that means that. he's only large. I, I want him to be huge size and just smack this chariot down. That would be hilarious. <laughs> just grabs one of the wheels and just, like, smashes it into the ground. <laughs> you don't need this. All right. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls an 11 for an 18. 18. All right. Jordan, what do we get for Sudi? Sudi rolls a 6 for a 12. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 20 for a 22. Nice. Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 13 for a 19. Nice. All right. Good old two. Jumping in here with a 20 even. And Tarawet. I'm going to need a roll off with Citra. Okay. Win, Citra, uh, win. I rolled an 18 for a 24. Nice. All right. So again, to set the scene, the four of you, five counting two, have stepped into this magnificent chamber. Human figures wearing royal accoutrement drive a pair of chariots towards one another on the painting that covers the floor of this large chamber. A row of huge pillars in the center of the room support the high ceiling overhead. The corridor exits the room off towards the far end of the chamber, entering into a broad passage filled with a pool of water and a golden glow comes from that direction. Again, as you had watched, this figure had rode forth from that mist like a creature out of legend. Uh, a chariot, red and gold, pulled by a pair of manticores, a woman in resplendent gold-plated armor with a billowing red cape, a full uh, war crown, and a mummy's mask obscuring her face. As she'd ridden forward, knocked a, uh, an arrow which crackled with electricity in her powerful-looking bow. Composite bow, if you will. <laughs> Strength plus probably a lot. Uh, yes, yes, quite a bit. <laughs> so combat begins. Masika of the Beckon. Well, since she's currently doing technically mounted combat, which means she can make a ride check to avoid damage to the manticores. If I'm she has just, the feet, yeah. If she has the feet. Um, I'm just going to blast her with one of the lightning bolts because I doubt it has been 17 minutes since that last fight. Uh, no, it's probably been about, I mean, maybe five, honestly, for the amount of time it took two. Two probably could have gotten you all up to full with 50 casts of Cure Light Wounds. All right. So, probably. Um, so, yeah, she needs to make a reflex save. Very well. I will first need you to roll spell resistance, as I assume it applies. High level play, everything has spell resistance. It's true. All right. Well, I roll a 10 plus my caster level is... 27 plus 4 for spell penetration and greater spell penetration as a 31. A 31 will get through her spell resistance. <laughs> the bolt slams into her to seemingly no effect. Yeah, that's oh. probably to be expected considering she's wielding lightning. That yeah. does not always true. Citra is not immune to lightning or fire. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Citra's not immune to fire. She's just highly resistant. Yeah, I feel like yeah. this is one of those like thematic moments. A fork of lightning streams down, striking into the charioteer. I believe that's the proper term. Uh, which right, glances so, uh... crackling off of her armor and streaming behind her, somehow making the scene even more 
side of an awesome van mural metal. <laughs> metal music plays in the background. <laughs> Masika pouts. Well, that's just rude. Narmer. Yes. Hootie. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were going to command me to fly up into the air and engage her in shingle combat. Our, no. No. Okay. All right. No. Why do I have the Wonder Woman theme uh, riff playing yeah. in my oh, head exactly. right now? Yeah, All right. So There's a cranking sound from inside of Masika's bag, and then it starts playing that music. Yes. Plus one morale, <laughs> plus one morale bonus on attack and damage rolls. All right. Within so 30 feet of you, right? Hootie's apparently an MP3 player. Yes, within 30 Great. feet of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love it. Pick a color, Heather. Uh, Purple? Oh, my aura. Okay, I know what he's doing. Okay. I was like, what? No. From Masika. Uh, Masika does still have a move action reading if she'd like to take it. Uh, no, I'm going to stay here for now. From Masika, we go to two. The Exender will launch himself up into the air. Uh, the ceiling in here is 60 feet high. Currently, the chariot is flying at a height of 30 feet. So he will also ascend up to 30 feet in height, which will be 60 feet of his movement before moving... 30 feet forward, so using his 90-foot fly speed. Uh, and then at the end of his move, he'll use a standard action as he explodes out to his full 15 feet in height. Woo! Hovering up into the air, again, even adding more to this as a, uh, a woman on a chariot pulled by manticores battles a giant winged angel man with a bird head. <laughs> Epic. Epic. Okay, I need um, an oil painting of this that, like, you know, takes up, like, an entire wall of a room. Really a tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> nice. From two, we go to Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra will reach into her handy haversack. She will pull out a scroll of greater invisibility, and she shall cast greater invisibility. <laughs> nice. All right. From Citra, we go to Tarawet. The general will, unnotes to all of you, she clicks her tongue guiding the uh, the manticores forward without having to use her hands. The manticore chariot charges 100 feet forward. Yikes. She leans out over the side and she will mini shot, rapid shot, not deadly aim. Yikes. So from like her angle there, two currently has cover. So she'll start with Sudi. Oh boy. I'm flat footed. Wait, am I flat footed? I don't have a candy dodge. Yeah, I don't have a candy dodge. So let's start with first shot. That is a 34. Yep, that hits me. Very well. This is her mini shot. So the arrow comes streaking in, two electricity arrows streaming towards you. Great. The two arrows slam home. Uh, the first of the mini shot arrows striking you for 18 points of damage and five Ow. electricity. Ow. The second one striking you for 17 points of damage and 11, ele or sorry, six electricity. Ow! Yikes. As the Ow. two arrows slam home. Ow, jeez. She fires again at Sudi. <laughs> Sudi hurt. Not a mini shot. Um, this one's actually a 31. Uh, a 31 will hit me flat-footed. Yep. Sadness. The arrow yep. streams in, slamming Unfortunately, you. my gloves don't work if I don't know the attack is coming. Uh, this time striking you for 16 points of regular damage and one point of cold as the next arrow she pulls is a cold, cold. arrow. Cold? Oh, she's got different types of elemental arrows? Weird. Okay, well, that changes 
At least I don't need to worry about trying to resist energy. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently she's freaking Green Arrow over here. <laughs> I like that you went Green Arrow, not Hawkeye. Or Hawkeye. Well, you know, I don't know. Potato, potato, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're kind of the same. I don't know. Hawkeye's cooler right. than Green Arrow. Mm. Yeah. I like Jeremy Green Arrow's Renner. rich, though. I love Jeremy Renner. I'm just talking from a comic book standpoint. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> She'll fire a third time. You mean a fourth? Isn't this the fourth time? No, this is no, mini No, the first shot. was mini yeah. shot. Yeah. It's yeah. the yeah. two arrows from that first. God, mini shot. Such a good feat. Mm. Uh, this it's one's actually time. somewhat poor. Uh, however, she is still still looking at a 32. I'm flat-footed, so yep, that's absolutely going to hit me. Very well. Another frost arrow slams into you. Jeez. Getting a good opening volley here, literally. Good uh, For Lord. 20 points of regular damage, three points of uh, cold damage. Oh my gosh. She has done... 60, 74 points of damage to me. A fourth shot. Oh my god. Fourth shot comes at you. God. Good grief. How are you still not aware of these shots? Oh, uh, that's a natural one. <laughs> Thank Yay. you. Oh, oh my gosh. So that flaming arrow misses. <laughs> shot number five. Oh, <laughs> I'm hurting. Well, she's that a is fighter. A... Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That is a perfect 20, which is a hit threat. Oh, I think you have God. critical Fortification. I resistance. do have a 30% immunity to criticals and uh, such. That is a 28 for that percentile. So that will not <gasps> be a critical hit. Negate no critical sense. today. Uh, so that is just a regular arrow hit. Which is still a lot. Well, yeah, but at least it's not that. Which is 16 yeah. points of regular damage, three oh. points of fire damage. Ow. She out finally... <laughs> A six shot. Oh my god! This is the bottom of the barrel, so she's and actually going to shoot. She's mini shooting and rapid shotting. Yeah. Yep. So she's actually going to shoot past Sudi at Hollis. Dang it. Yeah, because this wouldn't hit Sudi. However, a twenty-four for Hollis. Not even my touch AC, baby. All right. I mean, I am a wizard. My touch AC is pretty much my AC. So a frost arrow goes sailing past Hollis as a. Sudi stumbles back with, uh, I believe, five arrows in his chest. And <laughs> okay, 90, that was 90 yeah, uh, hit points holy. after the DR. <laughs> okay, Sudi, we Good don't lack this. This gracious. is Gracious, I am a pin cushion right now. Paul <sighs> Starkweather. Oh. I'm going to need to know some things. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look at these manacore first. Are they alive or are they dead? Go ahead and make me a knowledge arcana. Oh, let's see. I roll a 17 for a 47. You don't think that these are living creatures. In fact, the, you believe that this is possibly some sort of magical effect. Oh, oh, if it's magically conjured, that makes me really happy. Okay. Where the chariot's pulled by a representation of manticores, not actual manticores. Hmm. It doesn't look like a phantom chariot, not specifically. Although it could, of course, be a magic item, something akin to, like, an onyx fly or a figure, basically a figurine of wondrous power. This feels like such a great time to use this ninth level spell that I think I'm going to use it. What? Hollis is going to sit down a major disjunction on her 40 feet away from two. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Ninth level spells are fun. Please and this knock one is... her out of the air. That would be oh. amazing. Um, and I've never be cast it before. Awesome. So all magical effects and magic items within 40 feet radius burst. I'm just going to target everything. 
and essentially everything in that radius are disjoined. Spells and spell-like effects are unraveled and destroyed completely. Each uh, permanent magic item must make a successful will save or be turned into a normal item for the duration of the spell. An item in a creature's possession uses its own will save bonus or its possessor's will save bonus, whichever is higher. Uh, if an item saving throw results in a natural one on the die, it's destroyed. All right. So exciting. If she nearly hit Sudi with a uh, hundred points of damage, it seems like a if good idea to- If I didn't have the to... DR, it would have been a hundred points of, over a hundred <laughs> points of damage. Jeez. Please. Right. Oh my so... gosh. I don't know if I can survive another round of that. Yeah. All right. It's probably a good time to use this. So uh, I'm going to need to bounce a couple of dice real quick. It is a I'll edit this out in post because it's going to take a second because uh, you said tw DC 27 save? DC 27 save. Okay. So. Ah. Wow. Uh, Two nat 20s? Rad. Dang. I mean, well, not I have rad. To roll, I have to roll for every single arrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. I just figured I was going to save it for Hakatep, but actually this seems like a great time to use the spell. You're not wrong. So, Hollis, you, Chant, and Tone extend a hand out towards the uh, the center of the room. Feel the the magic flowing through there. And again, in a way that, that somewhat breaks your little Nethian heart. Snuff the magic out in a 40-foot radius. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As you do so, you see the lights over there flicker out, dying instantly. The woman continues her way forward, although the chariot then disappears. Yes. Whoa, As yes. she plummets down, she hits the ground with this screeching sound of metal, just kind of rolls. For a long moment, you know, I imagine Sudi gasping with these arrows sticking out. She <laughs> lays there before one hand plants with her bow in it, pushes her up. The other one goes <laughs> up towards the great sword strapped to her back as she begins ah, to climb better, back right? up to her feet. <laughs> yeah, it's better, but still. Great sword. Of course hey, she has a great sword. No mana cores. I bring out the backup op artwork. <laughs> I like that Rick actually has her just by herself. Which is when she's <laughs> not mounted, so which cool. is still pretty awesome. Uh, pretty she still awesome. looks so cool. Uh, as she stands up to her feet, stares across the distance, now with her eyes past Sudi directly towards Hollis. Hollis is like, I uh, tap Sudi on the shoulder like, all right, you got this. <laughs> tap him in. <laughs> Hollis still has a move action remaining. Oh, uh, you know, Hollis is going to step her way around the corner into the hallway. Okay. <laughs> Hollis retreats back for some cover. I can still see. That's, that's, not, that's not a bad idea at all. Taking us from Hollis to Sudi Kantar. Oh, I hurt so much. Uh, uh, she is currently pulling herself up to her feet and reaching for her greatsword. Um, again, while she is like on down on her knees, she is prone, prone? because she okay. took falling damage. Yeah, falling damage. Okay. Oh, uh, right. do I need to make a knowledge check on her? And she's all covered. It's hard. Maybe we can't tell what she is. I mean, yeah, you can make a knowledge check. Last Mechanically thing. speaking, as long as you can see someone, even if they're covered in armor, you can still make a knowledge check. Uh, I roll a nine for a thirty nine. With a 39, as you look across the way, you step back, probably a little leery um, as you see her getting up to her feet. <laughs> oh, I made her mad. Just this silent sentinel, this unstoppable juggernaut of a figure. You do recognize what she is. Okay. This is a creature known as a Grave Knight. Oh, oh I love oh, Grave Knights. Don't crud. put her in the bag. Yeah, crud. <laughs> ah, this is going to be unfortunate. In death. The Grave Knight's 
life force lingers in its armor, not its corpse, in much the same way that a lich's essence is bound within a phylactery. Unless every part of a Grave Knight's armor is ruined along with its body, a Grave Knight can rejuvenate after it's destroyed. Uh, merely breaking a Grave Knight armor does not destroy it, it must be ruined, such as being disintegrated, taken to the positive energy plane, or thrown into the heart of a volcano. Yeah, okay. they're basically unkillable. I think two just takes that armor with him back to heaven and they <laughs> do whatever that they do with they it. Do a de- detour to the positive energy plane, just, you know, can drop that right off. Can part of your payment, too? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, two can plane shift three times a day. Yeah. So. That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right, going to take a quick hop towards on the to the plane of positive energy on the way home after this. Nice. You may ask pertaining towards the Grave Knight four questions. Uh, does she have spell resistance? Yes, because I had to roll. I mean, I don't know if that. Uh, if your if your question is specifically if a grave knight has spell resistance, then yes. Great. I'm gonna lose two of my pieces of information for a plus five versus spell resistance on her using my knowledgeable spellcaster feat. Okay. Which I think nice. leaves me with one question. That will leave you with one question remaining. Uh, let's do special special attacks. First off, they have an ability called Channel Destruction. Uh, any weapon a Grave Knight wields is sheathed with energy that deals additional uh, 1d6 points of damage for every four hit die, wow. uh, which is of an energy type determined by the revification special quality. Oh. Wonderful. So she does extra elemental damage. Great. Uh, three Jeez. times per day, a Grave Knight may unleash, unleash a 30-foot cone of energy as a standard action called a Devastating Blast, uh, dealing 2d6 points of damage for every three hit die. Not looking forward to that. It's of the same energy type as the energy type from the channel destruction. In addition to this, uh, they also have Undead Mastery. Uh, as a standard action, a Grave Knight can attempt to bend any undead creature within 50 feet to its will. The targeted undead must make a will save or fall under the Grave Knight's control. This control is permanent for unintelligent undead. And undead with an intelligence score is allowed additional save every day to break free. Mm. Okay. So, right. yeah. They got spell resistance. Masika knows. Everybody knows now. That brings us to <laughs> Sudi Kantar. Oh, Sudi hurts. Sudi hurts a lot. You got um, it, buddy. Ah, Sudi does that like really cool like kung fu move where he like slices off all of the uh, the arrows that are in him. One karate chop. Just <laughs> one like karate chop. It's just like ah. Oh. <laughs> How very anime of you. Yeah, know, exactly. So anime. He, he normally, you know, very excited to get into battle is like, oh, this is going to hurt. And then he runs forward to her. Uh, so that's 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45 feet to get to her in the way that I wish to. Um, right. And you said she is prone. She is currently prone. OK, well, I'm going to punch kick. her. Or yeah, all right. Yeah, there you go. I'll just try to kick her. Sure. <laughs> Uh, crud. Uh, I roll a nine, so that is a 34. Don't know if that's a 34 will strike your target as you launch yourself forward and attack her. Nice. Okay, that is four. 13 points of damage, and then I'll use a swift action to turn on my pummeling style for next turn. Farewell. I assume she has DR. Uh, didn't seem like it. Oh, good. I'm gonna turn on pummeling style anyway. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) It's habit at this point. Masika of the Beckon. All right, well, I can't see her anymore. I'm assuming Sudi ran this way. So there she is. I'm going to cast Firestorm. 
technically right. I get two 10-foot cubes per level. I, I'm just going to stack them all in the same 10-foot square on top of I don't think it does her. any more it damage It doesn't do any more them. damage, but I don't need to set the whole room on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so Masika may also make a knowledge religion if she so wishes. Technically, so could have Sudi. I mean, uh, I have no chance. Sudi rolled a 14 for a 20. Uh, Masika rolls a 17 for a 33. Uh, Sudi, no, he didn't even recognize this as a grave knight. Nope. Uh, you're like, yeah, that's that's a little outside of my training. This uh, was not Masika, in, in you, un, knowing your undead 101. Yeah. Masika, you are familiar with the idea, or with the grave knight. Uh, you may ask one question pertaining What's towards What's their them. special defenses? Uh, special defenses. Uh, first off, they do have uh, rejuvenate, which means one day after it's killed, the armor begins to reforge it. Uh, this takes 1d10 days. Okay, so two will have plenty of time to kick her into the positive energy plane. Okay, good. Yeah, unless it's like a one. <laughs> then it's not a huge amount of time, but there's still time. In addition to that, they also possess damage reduction. Knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. They also have uh, immunity to cold and electricity mm-hmm. and standard undead traits. Okay. They also have spell resistance. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to plop that firestorm down. A uh, 10-foot cube around her. Of course, not hitting Sudi. Okay. I believe you will need to roll for the spell resistance, though. Uh, I roll a 16, so 20, 37. And she needs to make a reflex save. She gets a 28 for her reflex save. Yeah, that'll save. I mean, I think it's still half, isn't it? Yes, but she's not going to be caught on fire now. (laughs) It would have been the only thing that would have made her. It would have been a nice turn of, turn, of, <laughs> turn of events from last uh, fight when Citrona were on fire. All right, she's still going to take seventeen d six points of damage. Wow, that's a lot. Woo-hoo. No, not one d six game. Uh, two Christ. points of damage. All right, no, moving on. No, no, no. All right, so she would take sixty one points of damage, so thirty points of fire damage. Nice. A good hit. So Sudi, you rush forward, slam her, basically kick her in the side as she rolls. Um, as she starts to get up, a column of fire bursts from above, slamming down into, onto her, probably causing Sudi to uh, jump back, considering his recent exposure to fire. Sudi's <laughs> <laughs> a little God. fire shy right now. He's like, ah, I thought uh, these were bald spots. <laughs> <laughs> right, I just so, won't use magic then. Masika rolls her eyes. Hannah <laughs> 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 yeah. grows spots. back. Sudi gives you the, the pouty cat look with half of his whiskers burned away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, they're like, they're, they're covered They've in gold. They've done that curl thing. Like, yeah. 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 Too no. close to a candle. Oh, poor Sudi. Gets back to his girlfriend. She's like, I'm kind of digging it, actually. No. <laughs> you got a perm. A whisker perm. <laughs> <laughs> a little kitty perm. A little whisker From, perm. From uh, oh, Masika, we go to oh, two. Two, fire's good, cold, electricity bad. All right. He will fly. He's so cool. Masika says back around, sails back over, dives down, lands right behind Sudi. Yay! The ground shakes a little bit. Hefts his huge-sized kopesh and swings it down at her prone form. And she's good. prone. Maybe, he'll, maybe she'll get atta- he'll, he'll get attacked instead of so me. So he'll, uh, he'll power attack. It's yeah, like she's prone Hulk hitter. Smashing Loki into oh. the ground. Yes. <laughs> Cutie god. Uh, unfortunately, with that power attack, that only gives him a 25, which will not strike her even prone as it reverberates off the back of her armor. 
Boo. He stumbles back before glancing down you know, curiously towards her, bringing us to Citra Nahamra. I don't actually think I can uh, uh, hit this round, but let's see. I can at least double move to get up in her grill. That, that way, flank. if somebody hits her, you can... Uh, um, Opportunist? Yes. Yeah, get in the flank. Yeah, I can I can get uh, all the way into the flank, so I am going to be very light on my feet and try not to make a single bit of noise. All right. From <laughs> Citra. Man, that disjunction was a good move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> brings us Amazing. to Tarawet. Yeehaw. Oh! So, I mean, she has no choice but to stand up from prone, provoking an attack of opportunity from yes! two Sudi and Citra. Citra is also flanking and invisible, so that will get her sneak attack as well. Oh my gosh. And she's going to get opportunists if either of you hit. And, oh. Yeah. Or no. No. no only if she has combat I'm... reflexes, because yeah. she'll get her normal mm. attack of opportunity, and then if Sudi or uh, fair, two fair. hit, yeah, she could get the second one. Yeah, it will count as an attack of opportunity, yeah. so I can't do oh, that. So, yeah. 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 So, But anyway, she gets up uh, from prone, provoking from two Sudi and Citra to start okay. power attacking. Uh, Sudi rolls an 11 for a 36. A 36 will hit your target. I hit her for nine points of damage. Slamming down on her. Uh, two, unfortunately. Yep, that is a 26. That will miss his target. Oh. Uh, Citra rolled a 19 for a 39. Nice. A 39 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Uh. <laughs> natural 20 to confirm. Yes! Natural 20 will automatically confirm your critical hit. Get I her. mean, granted the sneak attack's really where I shine because I, my crit isn't that great. Well, but true, but you're still yeah, you're still uh, doing extra damage. So the electricity doesn't do anything but my fire will, so. Uh, that will be 48 points of regular damage and two <sighs> points of fire damage. Yes, Nice! That is a painful hit. So good. She stands up a quick five foot slide to the side, dropping the bow, pulling the great sword in one fluid motion, swinging wide. She can't see Citra and can't get to two. So swinging straight yep. across at Sudi. Yep, is what it is. Uh, it's not easy being. That is a 42 to hit. Good gracious, yes, that would hit me. That is a threat. Oh, great. I have a 30% immunity to critical hits. Yep, that's not going to save you a second time. That's 74 to get through that. Hey, you know, it was worth a shot. Oh, this is going to hurt a, uh, so much. a 40 even to confirm. Uh, yeah, that's going to that's eeks, gonna eeks. hit. This is going to hurt so much. Okay. I may have to back out. <laughs> no, sorry. That was actually a 44 to confirm because she has uh, critical focus. <sighs> oh, Seriously? Man. Oh, my gosh. All right. Oh, God. Okay. Yikes. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I am too. Me too. That is 40 points of regular damage, seven points of cold damage as it slams Ow. into Sudi for a total of 47 damage. Oh, jeez. Oh. First question is, are you still standing? Yes. All right. So that is a critical. So with her critical mastery, you've gained no. the second condition for the next nah. minute. Oh, uh, there is no rude. save. Oh, that's you rude. also need to make a fortitude save. Oh, gosh. All right. Okay, that is a 13 for a 34, unless it's a spell effect. I don't know if it is. Probably not. Nope, just a feat. Yep, so 34. So 34 succeeds, uh, meaning you will be staggered for only one round instead of 1d4 plus one rounds as she Great. slams you with her staggering critical. 
Ow! Great! <laughs> As she Ow. wrenches the blade back free. Ow! My blood. It's she, all stony. Yeah, she rams the blade into Sudi, stares at him closely, her voice echoing out from inside of the helmet. You, Monolith, should serve your king. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis is going to move herself. She needs to be... All right. Hollis is going to move herself to behind two. All right. Um, Hide behind one of his massive calves. Behind his massive <laughs> thews. Uh, then uh, I will use my little wrist sheath wand action and cast haste on the group. All right. Nice. You That's rush forward, extend out uh, our Citra and Masika. Uh, if I have to pick, I'm going to pick Citra because Masika cast spells. Yeah, it's no two can be uh, more than 30 feet apart. So so everyone sans Masika. Yeah, because as spellcasters, we don't benefit that much from haste. Yeah, just the movement speed if I have to run around to heal people. Yeah. <laughs> just the movement speed in case I... But they're like right here. Because you have to save have to flee. <laughs> I'm I'm real messed up, y'all. It's really useful in the event of Breath of Life, which seems to be getting dangerously close for Sudi. Uh, closer than it's been in quite a long time. Well, Sudi better get his ass back here. I'm staggered. I can't do nothing. You can do I mean, something. You can standard action or move action, not both. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I can't do stunned. a withdraw action, which is what I want to do to get out. <laughs> you could take That's a five foot step. From Hollis, we go to Sudi who uh, I suppose rocks back, bleeding. Oh, um, probably spitting up some blood. Yeah. Uh, You're spitting out pebbles. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically <laughs> just like little pebbles. Clatters across the floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got the pharaoh. Oh, that's not supposed to move like that, is it? Oh. Um. All right, so I am staggered. So if I move, I'm going to provoke from her. Correct. Really don't want to provoke from her. Um, five foot step. Yeah, I can take a five-foot step. Uh, she very well is probably going to have step up, if I had to guess. Mm, maybe. Although Citra has step up and strike, right? But yes. you've already used your attack of opportunity when she stood up. So, because uh, I can't full out attack, so I can't use my uh, pummeling bully ability to try to trip her, which is what I was going to try to do before she eviscerated me. Um, yeah, she got you kind of good. She got me real good. You can punch her in five-foot step. You can move away and... Hopefully weather the attack of opportunity to get back to Masika. Uh, Lastly, I suppose you could take a five foot step and a full defense action and just hope that two steps in and provide you some cover. Uh, full defense would do probably nothing considering how well she was hitting me. Um, That's fair. So I don't have a lot of confidence in even the total defense bonus being enough. Disarmor. Uh, now, if I take the five foot <laughs> step back, uh, Masika is exactly 30 feet away from me. So here's what we're going to do. We need to drop her down. Um, oh gosh, this is probably, I don't know if this is the right move or not. Yeah, Sudi's not really one of the, the give up types, so I'm gonna punch her and then I'm gonna take a five foot step and hope two saves me. <laughs> <laughs> Save me uh, too. Yep, Sudi's not really one to retreat, so. Yeah, but Sudi's taken the full brunt of her attack so far, which has been uh, God. so yeah, much but, damage. But Sudi's not good. Sudi's not good. Yeah. Really, mm -hmm. really, she's mm -hmm. not good. Getting shots, so you don't have to be. Um, all right. It's a good thing uh, she's not still up in that chariot, raining 20, oh 120 gosh, points right? of damage on you, right? Good lord. Uh, so I roll an 18. That is a 43 to hit her. 43 will hit as you stumble back with this 
rear forward and slam your fist into her faceplate. All right, that is 15 points of damage. A telling hit as there's a reverberating slam. The faceplate drops away slightly and you can see the like the mummified visage inside of the helmet. The bandage cover ah. her so much that you can only see a blue light coming from inside of the bandage wrapping over where her eyes once were. Great. I'm going to take a five-foot step over next to uh, two. Give a little look at Masika. Hope she makes it in time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Masika can see Sudi holding his guts in <laughs> as he stumbles uh, away. They, they've technically hardened, but there's things being visible that shouldn't yeah. be visible. <laughs> the the woman raises a hand and places the faceplate back in place, inclines her head in a soldier's salute towards Sudi. You are a worthy foe. I'm starting to think I wish I was less worthy. Why don't you take a, take a couple of stabs at him? <laughs> don't, don't throw two under the chariot. There's that Sudi neutrality coming in. Ah, there we go. You're just doing that because we accused you of being good. Uh, yeah, I can't have you guys thinking Sudi's good. From Sudi, we go to Masika of the Beckon. Trying to get two killed. He's got like DR10. Yeah, it's true. I have been abused this and fight. Something fierce. And he has energy immunities. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh, God. I forget how great high level fighters are. Masika gives Sudi a disapproving look, but cast heal. <laughs> Thank you. Ugh. 150 hit points, you say? Yes. Okay, that'll get me up to full. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Bing. I was Reset. actually doubting whether it would. <laughs> From Masika, oh boy. we I go to... I think it two. might get rid of the... Second? It does get rid second. of second, so I'm yeah. good. Yeah. From Masika, we go to... Two. Two will take a five-foot step up towering over her before uh, full-out attacking. Considering how that uh, that power attack didn't work for him last round, he's going to skip on that. Mm. He hefts and swings down with a 29, which will not strike his target. Hefts and swings again. The haste hit, however, will hit with a 36. Nice. And he's up to 3d6 since he's huge size now. Slamming down on her for 27 points of regular damage, five, or sorry, one point of fire damage. Hefts and swings again. Yay. Get her. Get her, big friend. Get her. There's a 37, <laughs> which will strike his target for 24 points of regular damage, four points of fire damage. Fourth swing. Ah, uh, no, that, that's not going to do it. That's an 18. Ah, bummer. From two, we go to Citra Nahumra. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, slide over uh, so that I'm surrounding her, basically, and then Please I'm going to full-on attack. Please mm. destroy her. Oh, my gosh. I bring out my second weapon. We are two-weapon fighting. We are hopefully going to do this. Is there anything left to dispel off of her? I mean... I, I can also hit her with some dispelling attacks, so... Well, that's not going to dispel her items. Yeah. And if she had true. any magical effects on her, they were dispelled by the... That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Because that right. stuffs out. She could have had 15 spells oh, on cast on her, and it just destroys them. Start. I'm just glad right. Hollis made her face plant from the chair. Yes. Oh, that, that was amazing. Goal. Very clutch. All right. I'm very uh, happy. First attack is a 19 for a 39. Just 39 threat. will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Stabber. Uh, I don't think a 27 will confirm. A 27, since she is still debilitated from your stab because that was an attack of opportunity and has not come around back to her. 
will strike your target. Woo! Nice. All right, so I get one crit. Uh, second attack. Oh, gosh. I, I spoke too soon. Uh, that is a six for a 22. A 22 will hit your flank debilitated target. Oh! <laughs> All right, uh, third attack is a uh, 17 for a 27. 27 will hit your flank debilitating target. High level, everybody, so good. (laughs) All right. Um, Offhand attack or uh, second weapon attack, that is uh, an 18. Oh, wait, that last one, I rolled a 17, which is also a threat. Okay, roll to confirm. That is a 23 to confirm. 23 will confirm your critical hit. All right, so far we're up to two crits. All right, Woo-hoo. second uh, uh, kukri. That is an 18 for a uh, 38. It's also a threat. A 38 will hit your target. Threat, roll to confirm. That will be a 33 to confirm. A 33 will confirm your critical hit. Okay. Wow, right. that's three crits. That is a 15 for a 31, which is a threat. <laughs> <laughs> a 31 My will hit Lord. threat. Roll to confirm. No, this is rad. <laughs> that's, that's an 18, which I don't think will confirm. An 18 will not confirm your yeah, critical two, hit. Okay, so that one didn't confirm. That's just a normal hit. All right, and then unfortunately that's a, a 4 for a 14. A 14 will not strike. Okay, so haste attack. Get it. Oh, no. Uh, well, maybe because it's full base. Uh, uh, be a 4 for a 24. A 24 would strike your target. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so let's start on. You, you hit her how many times? Hit. <laughs> I hit her one, two, three, four, five, six times. All right. Uh, first hit uh, is 52 points of regular damage, two points of fire. Or sorry, five, five points of fire. Oh. I love it. Oh. I, I will ask you a question. Uh huh. Do you want to keep rolling? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> Do it! Let's find out how much damage you're gonna do. Just just go ahead and, uh, and punch in uh, it into the system and just roll it all at once. Oh, yeah, okay. I wanna see how much all you right, get with so, five landed attacks or whatever you got. So 214 plus the 52, 266. That is obscene. Uh, again, Sudi, you stumble back. Masika rushes forward, places a hand on Sudi. Suddenly the, the bleeding at the very least stops um, as Sudi's uh, revified. Two gets ready for her assault before there's the sound of metal penetrating metal over and over again. Um, I'm like the black knife assassin, man. (laughs) Yep. As eventually she simply topples to the side. She wavers for a long moment, staring up before slumping back and a whispered voice in ancient Osiriani succeed or fell. I have redeemed myself. May Osiris carry you home. The figure then falls still. Oh, well, that was unexpected. Take a quick glance over her gear and see if anything's going to be useful. Otherwise, throw it in the bag and give to her armor. Not her armor. Yeah, not her armor. Oh, yes, yes. Grave Knights. I remember now. So if you don't, if you don't mind, because you can travel the plains a lot easier than we can. Maybe wait until we finish this whole thing with Hakatep. So, what is the positive energy plane like? It's located at the conceptual and philosophical center of the material plane in the inner sphere. I can the already see Sudi's eyes blazing. The birthplace of all the souls of the great beyond. The place of such overwhelming fecund energy that all non-natives, including some gods, are generally incinerated within seconds of arrival, unless appropriate precautions are taken. 
I don't have enough time to throw this down and, and then get to a safer area. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very nice place. Ah, oh, <laughs> birthplace of all souls, Phrasma. Yeah, she channels things through the, the river of souls to uh, be the goddess of life, such as she is. The positive energy is plane is, uh, is one of the various planes that the Osirian gods go through, including my uh, deity horse during their transition from life to death to life again, um, as it is a required stopover. Uh, it's one of the various hours of the night. Cool. Sudi so just looks really confused, like, what? Masika pats his shoulder. Sudi's so got that look like, I, I I, had to ask, but I regret asking, because it didn't really help. <laughs> send you a children's, like, my first planes or something. Sudi's kind of 10 book. intelligence really showing right now. <laughs> Uh, searching the body, you do find, uh, let's see. A lot of this stuff's not going to be magical for a minute, so. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is uh, is stuff that won't even be. I can give you Worth the stuff it, that's it's magical all right now, but. Yeah, yeah. Ju I just wanted to kind of glance through it and see if there's anything. Oh, this will help with Hakatep because, you know. I mean, if it's pertinent for Citra, there's uh, two shocking arrows, seven frost arrows, one flame arrow still remaining that are currently magical. Others of them will eventually regain their magical ability, but I don't know if you're going to wait 17 minutes. Probably mm. not. Uh, in addition to that, uh, her greatsword is plus one king greatsword. Oh, oh my king gosh. Great. Yep. Uh, her bow is a plus one composite longbow of speed. Strength plus six. Wow. Wow. Her belt of uh, incredible dexterity was destroyed. Oh, that sucks. The Chariot right. of the Conqueror still survived. Brad, the what? Chariot sorry? of the Conqueror. Um, but you can make your way over to where the Chariot of the Conqueror is, which is just kind of crashed off to the side. The uh, uh, Manticores are currently gone. But you can tell that this is a fantastic vehicle fashioned specifically for General Tarwet. It is a light chariot pulled by a team of two Manticores controlled by uh, beaded reins. The Manticores can only draw the chariot. They cannot attack or otherwise act. The Chariot of the Conqueror treats all terrain as normal, including water. The vehicle Whoa. glides smoothly over liquid as though it were pavement uh, and can even fly on command, uh, which can the Chariot can drive itself for up for, to one hour with a plus 20 bonus on drive checks following the, verbals, the driver's verbal commands. Cool. Otherwise, the driver must attempt a driving checks to control the ghostly steeds drawing the Chariot as normally. Uh, the Chariot of the Conqueror can carry up to two medium creatures, one driver and one passenger. Uh, creatures riding in the Chariot gain a plus four bonus, uh, cover bonus to AC. Passengers balance perfectly while riding in the vehicle, even if it is moving sideways or upside down. <laughs> oh. uh, making it perfect platform for archers or others making ranged attacks. God, that would have been awful. Sudi needs this. Yeah. Uh, damage to the Chariot can be magically repaired, but if it's reduced to zero hit points, it's destroyed. Mm. Uh, it has 180 hit points. Cool. How much is it worth? I want a chariot. It is worth ninety thousand gold pieces. Oh my gosh! So maybe not doesn't want it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the very last book of the AP, and we found a metric f ton of treasure. Oh, it's true. We have found a lot of stuff, so maybe. Well, and Ooh. considering it can, its regular fly speed is two hundred feet perfect. Oh my wow. gosh! That way it I is. can go visit Narmer and Masika. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there in like two hours. Yeah. So yeah. Wild. Dang, that's pretty cool. Sweet. All right. I'm put suit down for that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, investigate this water. Uh, 
Yeah, there's probably something weird with it. Masika's yeah. already pulling out the boat. I'll just, I'll just I'll say either that or we, we all uh, hop onto Papa 2 and have him uh, fly us across. I don't yeah. know if the corridor is wide enough for Papa 2 to fly us. Uh, it's 20 feet across, so I think Oh, so. there's brazers in the middle and stuff. Oh, yeah, there are. Well, I'll, I'll check the water to make sure it's not magical, and you can get the boat. Considering it's called something forgetfulness, um, I mean, something, it could something. just be, like, a name. Two shrinks back down. Um, actually, since you're going into a narrower corridor, he'll shrink down to small size. God, Masika always wants to pick him up when he's small size. <laughs> it's just like, come here, too. Maybe won't. he'll let you do it just once. She thinks about <laughs> it probably loud enough for him to hear unconscious, you know, not meaning <laughs> to be, you know, but she's just like, you know. He's just sitting over there in the corner like, man, these mortals are weird, man. <laughs> like, he's just so adorable. I'm I am thousands of well, years yeah. old and uh, all nothing. she can think about is hugging me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's exactly like, you know, she's probably trying not to think about it, which just makes her think about it even more. So he's yeah. definitely been like, you know. You dust yourselves off. Make your way over. Approaching the end of the chamber, you see ahead of you a pool of shallow, crystal clear water filling this hallway beneath a low arched ceiling. Limestone statues depicting Osirian peasant women standing in the center of the pool, spaced along the length of the hallway. The statue closest to you pours a cascade of water from a pitcher on her shoulder as the scent of a desert oasis drifts in the air. A soft golden mist seems to almost hang in the air, and from far ahead you can see a, a golden light radiating from the end of the passage. Uh, the water is only a foot and a half deep. Is it magic? Detecting magic. The water is magical. Ah. It's forgetfulness water. You may make a knowledge arcana. I'm going to take 10 for a 40. Uh, you may also make a spellcraft if you so wish. I'm going to take 10 for a 40. Uh, and I'll also allow anyone that wishes to to make me a perception roll. I do poorly at that. Get a 3 for a 20 on that perception. Uh, I roll an 8 for a 35. Uh, 14 for 21. Rolled a 19 for 40. Hollis, you lean down. Look this over. As she does so, Citra, you look out over the water. You look towards the statue closest to you. You note something curious. The water pours from this pitcher, this jar on her shoulder. But there are no ripples in the surface of the water. As you look very close, you think that the water actually disappears half an inch before it strikes the surface of the, the pool. The pouring water never actually reaches the water's surface. That's not suspicious or anything. Hollis, you look over this water and note, the water radiates a faint aura of enchantment. Mm. You can't easily identify what, for lack of a better term, what actual effects this does because it doesn't seem to be a traditional magical effect. Hmm. You may, however, make me a knowledge of the planes. Okay. That is going to be a 12 for 42. That is because this water is, in fact, magical, but not in a it's been enchanted magical, in a hmm. planar magic. This water, although you think it's diluted, comes from the river Styx. Jesus. Oh! <laughs> Wow. The river Styx is an interplanar river that originates 
on the plane of Abaddon, snakes its way through the outer sphere, touching the planes of Axis, Hell, the Abyss, and the Maelstrom, before finally pooling at the base of Phrasma's spire in the Bonelands. Jeez. Wow. Don't touch that water. Bad things? That is literally water from the river Styx. Masika plunks the boat down into it. Don't splash. Uh, unfortunately, if you get inside of the boat, the water is too shallow. Mm. We need to fly over this water. You could fly. You are also aware that due to its diluted nature, touching it shouldn't be an issue. As long as you don't, I don't know, drink it. Okay. I mean, I'm already overland flying, so... It is diluted, so if you walk in it, it's fine. Just don't drink it or otherwise ingest it. So what's so significant about this um, uh, river water? It could potentially erase your memories. I mean, it's diluted, so probably wouldn't do that. Like I said, when just I touching. I don't think I want to be uh, taking chances about my memories. I'm going to fly because I already have that going. It seems like a lot of work. I'm going to try to fly too, I think. I'll just remember you're, of course, uh, aware that the, the demons that you were dealing with previously, the ferrymen, uh, were demons that ferried people across mm. the river stick and horsemen of death's domain in Abaddon. True. Well, if it's safe to walk through, I'm just going to walk through it. <laughs> just don't drink it. Sudi just waits for Masika to go first, then, I guess, and see if Masika <laughs> loses all of her memories and goes, what am I doing here? <laughs> I say, Citra's already got overland flight, so I'm going to stick with that. Masika likes water, and she doesn't get to play in it much in the desert, so you know what? Sure, just don't put your face under there. You might accidentally drink it. Gonna just use my. It's not boots. deep enough for that, but she's just like she wears those sandals, so it's like I can get my toesies wet. Two <laughs> enlarges to large size. Hollis floats over. So now it's like ankle well. deep form. Yep. Sudi chooses to uh, fly. You step into this. Make your way forward. You pass by the first fountain. Again, the water curiously just pouring out into nothingness. Hmm. Continue to make your way ahead, Citra. Yeah. Go roll a perception check for me. <laughs> Oh, you can boy. add that trap finding bonus if you wish. <laughs> a deluge okay. that washes over us, huh? I rolled a 17 for a 48. As you make your way past the first statue, you begin to approach the second statue. This okay. one is identical in every way to the first, with one notable exception. No water pours out of its jug. Such as you approach closer to it, you can see that there are a number of magical runes across its surface, something that immediately tickles your senses of... This is probably a trap. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I grab Sudi and I'm like, uh-uh. I would like to investigate. You can go ahead and make me a disabled device. Ooh. I rolled a two, but I still get a 40. Jeez! This is not... <laughs> yeah? So you speak the command words for your bracers. Probably have, like, Sudi, since Sudi doesn't need his hands for, like, weapons or anything. Like, hold them so you don't have to put them down in the water. Sudi can be your assistant. Yep. Step forward. You do figure out what this does, and it is insidious. Oh, oh no. Oh no. This spell targets a group with a spell effect, or the, the trap targets a group with a spell effect known as Cup of Dust. <laughs> Cursing the target with a thirst no drink can quench. Ah. The individual immediately becomes dehydrated. The effects of the spell cannot inflict. Uh, more non-lethal damage, so on and so forth. The insidious part is it then also immediately targets the group with a mass suggestion ah, to drink the water. To drink the water. Due to the cup of dust effect, 
it is considered a reasonable suggestion, yeah. even if you're aware of the water's properties. Oh, wow. that's mean. You, however, do successfully disable Ooh. this. <laughs> Thank you for all those bonuses. Yes. Oh, boy. Wow. That's a mean one. Mm. That wow. was... Uh, that was mean. Oh. Ah, enchantment wow, magic. Wow, that's smart. That's, like, it's, really smart. It's clever, it's really but mean. it's very mean. I mean, under normal circumstances, having that kind of trap in your tomb to, you know, prevent grave robbers, I'm like, okay, that's fair because, you know, robbing graves is really bad. But in this case, no. Sure. No. It's actually surprisingly non-lethal for many of the Osirian traps that I'm accustomed to. Well, wouldn't it just you makes die you forget why you're here. Anyway? <laughs> if you couldn't quench your thirst, you would eventually die. I, I would assume that spell effect would wear off eventually. It's just then you don't know who you are, or how to get out of here, or anything else, and... I feel like well, it's a slow you know. death regardless. <laughs> and then eventually the grave knight comes back and kills you. Mm-hmm. True. Or it just convinces you that, you know, you're one of Hakatep's buddies and then you're another undead minion. Oh, that's mm. true too. Anyway. This guy's a jerk. I know I've said that like a million times, but, you know, I'm just saying. Also, uh, once again, the traps in this adventure have been uh, so good. Mm, chef's kiss. Ugh. Fantastic. <laughs> so mean, but so good and inventive. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they've been very interesting. That That is true. Oh man, I guess we go to the next one and hope it's not trapped. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> let's keep an eye out in case that's not the only one. Right? Oh my gosh. Making your way forward. Fortunately, Citra, you are aware that the uh, you have disabled these traps, although the triggering mechanism would occur again at each one of these other statues. <gasps> wow. Oh, wow! Wow! Just in case you save the first one, you would trigger it again if you just tried to like run down the length of the hallway. Wow! That is so mean, messing with people's memories and things. Remind me to talk about what that does. Mm. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's horrible. It's great. Losing class levels or something like that. You become a wee baby in the brain. <laughs> a wee baby in the brain. Like a feeble mind. I mean, if it's like real amnesia, you remember how to do everything. You just don't know who you are. So yeah. you'd be a ninth level. You'd be a wizard capable of casting ninth level spells and have no idea who you are. You make your way forward. Navigate your way down the, the length of the passage. The water splashes softly around your ankles as you march, echoing along the passage. Ahead, you can see that the passage ends, opening into a much larger room. The watery channel ends in this spacious chamber with walls covered in paintings and hieroglyphs. Deep alcoves on the far end of the room, off towards ahead and towards your left and right, and a fat block of black stone sit in the far wall. Every single inch of the floor, walls, and ceiling are covered by painted hieroglyphs and strange sigils in earthly colors. This room is almost painfully detailed. As you look about, you can see scores and scores of lines stretching from floor to ceiling, telling the stories, the accomplishments, for those of you familiar, of which all of you are at this point, with the, the details of tombs, you can tell that this would be the antechamber to a pharaoh's burial chamber. Okay. Guess we oh. proceed carefully. There's no one left on the list, right? Um, I don't think so. 
no. That shit. Well. As you press forward, again, the chamber is huge. As you make your way up to the edge of the uh, platform, making your way in, you can see the walls and floor here are covered in hieroglyphs and paintings, singing the praises of Hakatep's wars against the Shori, singing the praises of his power, his might, his mastery over magic and sky, mostly speaking here and there of the terrible fate awaiting anyone who would dare disturb the Sky Pharaoh's eternal rest. Which you suppose means Nahamra, honestly, and not any of you. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to right that wrong. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge arcana. I will do it. Nat 20 uh, for a 50. Um, 17 for a 30. Nice. That's really good. Hollis and Citra. Nice. I've been paying attention. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense for Citra, too. Mm. Beyond this, just the standard array of stories telling of the limitless number of wars or battles, at the very least, that Hakatep and his forces won, never lost. Interspersed within are symbols associated with ancient Osiriani curse magic, mm. many of which you both believe fell to disuse some soon after the kingdom fell under the Kelishite yoke. Mm. Some of these are curse magics that have not been seen in millennia. Some of them, you think, may still be active. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Lovely. I'm going to detect magic on some of these runes. You cast the spell, and I can only imagine wince mm. at the powerful, the strong necromancy aura that covers the floors, walls, and ceiling of this entire chamber. Okay. You're fairly certain that were you to step foot in this chamber, you would be subjected to the various curses placed inside of the runes, the hieroglyphs, the markings of this room. Hmm. All right. Well, this whole place is real cursed. Like, don't step foot in here cursed. So the only way to get past it is to fly. Just don't touch no any of the surfaces in here. So you have to know how to fly. Up oh, sky, Pharaoh. Yep. Uh, so I guess question then, what's the time it has been for us to cross this uh, river? Eight years. <laughs> uh, honestly, it only took you about two minutes because okay, you had to stop so and disable my the trap. Wings are, my winged boots are still active so I can fly. Further. All right, well, be real careful. Nobody, you know, accidentally touch any of this. I mean, technically I'm already cursed. You don't want another Let's one. Let's not double it up. <laughs> We're not joking. collecting them. I was joking. You can maintain a limitless number of curses. Need a little levity before we go into a horrible fight. Masika will take a deep breath. Can Narmer be cursed? Yes, but I'll stay on your shoulder. You step into the Chamber of Curses. <laughs> Creative. Ahead, you can see the passage curves away off towards the left and right. Uh, basically, like two extensions from where you can see here, two massive alcoves leading deeper. Vaguely off towards the right-hand side, you can see that there's a passage that leads out of here, uh, exiting the room on its western face. You can't tell exactly what's down the passage off towards the left. All right. I guess we should... I don't feel the need to study this curse room. Nah. Not really. I mean, if Sudi's only got three minutes, we've got to pick a direction and go. 
I imagine that this is some sort of circular thing in the middle, so... Uh, no way to know if unless we go. If we go so. to toward the open passage, we'll probably be able to see what's across. All right, so we'll take to the right. Uh, okay. Where the, it looks like there's that passage, that side passage that's going off. So, Sudi, Citra, you glide ahead. Masika, Hollis following behind, to pulling up the rear. Making your way down the side passage, you can see that there's a single exit from this chamber. Hey, Narmer. Uh-huh. Poke around the other side of this block and see if that's a dead end. Okay. Don't go too far, just look. Okay, go as far as necessary. Oh my god, Narmer. He then flies off. A very he... long time passes. He should literally just be flying to here where I can still see him. <laughs> nope. He just kind of peeks around the corner. Slinks around the corner. Oh my god. You get a sense of mounting horror. Masika size. He then pops back around the corner. I thought we said no pranks. Did I did I promise that? <laughs> yes, you said this was not the time for it. Technically oh, he said that you sorry. promised to use his powers for to annoy. That's Chaucer true. And that is one of my powers. It lets me annoy. Uh nope, there's nothing over here, just dead inch. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Oh, I don't want to look to see if there's a cartouche or something. Narmer can read Ancient Osiriani. Can he search for, I don't know, secret doors? We can try that after we explore down here just to see if there's something here. Fair enough. You make your way forward. Approach the passage that branches off from here. The passage in question goes only for a short distance before entering into another room, one not quite so large as the previous. Is this one still covered in curse? No, the runes do not extend to there. Oh, great. Interesting. Ahead you can see a chamber some maybe 20 feet wide, probably 10, 20, 40 feet deep. A painted figure on the floor of this chamber wears a traditional Osirian kilt, bears a covered offering platter in his hands, and has a device of some sort balanced on his head. Two arches exit the room off towards the right-hand side. The arch to the right, the one closest to the door you've entered, is bordered with gold paint. A falcon with wings outstretched, clutching lotus blossoms in its claws, is carved into the capstone of this passage. The arch on the left is unadorned, much lower, only a couple feet high, so that any person of average height would have to enter on hands and knees. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> short. I'm tall. <laughs> so we obviously have to go through this one because if we go through the other one, that's for Hakatep, right? Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me a perception roll. Oh, I'm sure that a side that Hakatep's supposed to go through is trapped as... I know, but there's something about it. I roll a 12 for a 31 perception. I roll a 12 for a 39 perception. You see, he doesn't see squat. I roll a 3 for a 10. Ouch. Uh, Citra rolls a 9 for a 30. Everyone sends Masika. Looking over the floor, you can see that the floor painting reveals hieroglyphs carefully woven into the offerings, cover, and the device balanced on the man's head. Reading this, it says, those coming before the Pharaoh must bring gifts. The lower one states, or abase themselves before a living god. So either bring a gift or crawl through a hole. I detect magic on this. Is this some sort of magic thing? Uh, there appears to be a magical aura covering the 
the archway off towards the right-hand side. You cannot draw a line of sight to it, uh, as it appears to be on the capstone on the opposite side. You have to walk through it, and then it will trigger. I'm sure that it can't just be any random object is considered a gift, though. I'm sure there's something specific that you were supposed to give pharaohs and incense or oil or something really flipping expensive that we don't have access to. Oh, we have tons of expensive stuff in our bag. Technically, that's all his. <laughs> we found it. <laughs> Finders keepers, as they say. Is Citra approaching the archway? I mean, to examine it, yeah. I'm not to go through it. Go ahead and make me a perception roll. With my trap Go ahead finding. and add that trap finding bonus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Citra rolled a 16 for a 47. Yes, there is most definitely a trap on this archway. You can attempt to disable it if you so wish. I mean, the archway is definitely trapped. Just see if you can bypass it, because we are planning on putting him back in his crypt, and we've disabled almost everything else leaving, leading up to here. We should leave him one protection when he's sent to the afterlife. Well, we can properly. always put some more protections back up after. Also, the, isn't this going to fly away? So he'll That's, have that. Oh, that I room mean, in there with the curses is pretty bad. Also, that <laughs> room is pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> I rolled a 19 for a 55. <laughs> All right. That's delightful. That's got to be enough, right? God, I hope so. Looking this over, you can choose to disable this if you so wish. You can tell that there is a bypass, uh, which does require an individual to enter into the room presenting a gem or piece of artwork worth at least 5,000 gold pieces. Ah. So the bypass or the offering has to be a pretty gem or art worthy of eh, roughly 5,000 gold. Mm. Wow, that's a lot. And he's so... a pharaoh. Yeah, but no. We're not I mean, we found a that. bunch of gems, but like... Eh. I don't think we found any that big. I think we gave most of them to the ferryman. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say either the ferryman or we give it to the Or we're using for them payment. for spell components. Or yeah, or they're, yeah, they're spell components. I think I'm going to go ahead and try to disable it then. Hmm. You take a couple of seconds. You scrape, 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 scrape. You disable the symbol of pain that would trigger <laughs> uh, where you two walk through here. Oh, Otherwise, that's a mean one. You... Make your way forward. You step under the archway and enter into another chamber. Nine wide pillars carved with hieroglyphs support the eastern end, the end that you're entering of this. The only word that can be used to describe it. Magnificent chamber. Eight huge limestone statues of vulture-headed men stand at attention, four to your right, four to your left, with spears at their sides, staring across the distance towards one another, each statue at least 20 feet tall. Three paintings of scarabs of increasing size, grace the polished floor. At the far end of the chamber, you can see, surrounded by hieroglyphs, lit by the golden lambent flames of torches, a large pedestal, a platform, two-tiered with steps leading up to a magnificent golden throne that shines like the sun. Surrounding this, Two on either side are large statues, although statues that turn 
as you enter. <laughs> Broad chested, bearing the head of a set beast. Sitting on the throne is Hakatep. Now an undead being, holding the traditional crook and flell of the Osirian rulership, crossed at his chest, wearing the blue war crown of his station. Though his face is withered and covered by bandages, traces of the sharp, handsome features of the imposing man that he was shine through to the point that you have become so accustomed to seeing the mask of the forgotten pharaoh that it's strange to see that face in person. The figure floats up from his throne, arms still crossed holding the relics of his office. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, man. Ooh. The time dun, dun, dun. has come. Oh, man. It's the final fight. <laughs> oh, boy. It's crazy. Oh, man. It's so weird that we're here right now. Oh. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.